The Juicy Club Podcast is an opinion-based show that should not be considered professional advice or services and assumes no responsibility or liability towards its listeners. When you're looking for that who I feel come to mattress giant when you want that Hey y'all. Ooh, ah. <laughs> that's all you, Bernard. <laughs> Look, that's my little song. I ain't know what it meant when I was younger, but I used to be like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Only a mattress giant. Ooh, I'm not gonna smoke. Ah. Mm-mm, that's not how I used to do it. I'm gonna leave it alone for another time. <laughs> day, another time. I used to always view that as very sexual. I, I I couldn't describe what that meant, but I do do know it's supposed to meant to be very um, and it was very sexual. I think I was very childish, childlike. I won't say childish, because I don't think I put that together until you brought it up a couple of episodes ago. Really? I like I, I never put it together. I just love the song. <laughs> just like it was a lot of stuff that we was. Like I used to love Uchi Wally Wally, Uchi Bang Bang. And when I really got became an adult, it was when um that song with Meg the Stallion and Cardi B came out. Wop. Mm-hmm. I was so appalled. I never forget why I was. And I was like, how could they put this on the radio? Like this is so disturbing. Like oh, I don't gosh. understand. And lo and behold, I was talking to someone at the time, and he was like, "So what you think about Uchi Wally Wally?" And I was like. And that's still very like mid. You know what? I can't say nothing because I I would imagine that your mom probably was real. I think she. I feel like she listens to like music, but I highly doubt like she'll let you listen to that. And so I understand that part. But my daddy listened to everything. My mama wasn't really like coveted with music. She just loved Hot 105. That's all that ever got played. But she didn't stop me from listening to worldly music or everything like every everything she never stopped me but it was even my stepdad he listened to everything so i, I can't really tell you i was shielded um just pay attention i just didn't pay attention i used to be singing all type of stuff and not really understanding until i became an adult and just took a minute and be like this is so wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you didn't you didn't introduce us we started talking hey valerie hey bernard how you doing today i'm doing good <laughs> y'all welcome to the juicy cup podcast yeah, I'll say this to continue because I I want to get it out of the way. <laughs> Anybody knows um, Snoop Dogg's um, Doggy Style? My dad actively played that pulling up the pre K kindergarten. I knew all like the sexual a lot of the sexual songs because he listens to nothing but straight rap. It's like ninety five percent rap and five percent like soul music. And so, ain't it fun to the homies can't get none? <laughs> it's a very sexual, very disrespectful ass song. 
I just he he played a lot of those things, and so I wasn't like oblivious to like certain things. I like I said I do know like the ooh ah thing. I probably got it because I've heard it in songs about sexual stuff, and I just probably just didn't know what it actually looks like. I just knew it was supposed to be. It supposed to sound like it was supposed to be meant in a way that adults are supposed to be doing. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah. Well, how is um based off of the background? Mm. Arizona treating you right now? It's hot as shit here. Oh, I bet you it is. What the degrees is? Bad. It's like 112. Oh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> My watch say 102 and it's 812 here. Yeah. Oh, actually, right now it's 109. Oh, no, 110. Oh, yeah, because it goes up to 112. Oh, no, no. It was, it's up to 110. I was in 112 a little two minutes ago. But it feels like 105. That's disrespectful. It's not as, it's not bad, but it's actively hot. I don't know. It's, it, it's like stepping into like a heater. But like it's feels I would say it somehow feels different from Houston. I would say that it is hotter, but it feels different. Like I can, when you say I different, a, better or different, worse. Different, better because I have on jeans today, and when I had took a break from my class, I was setting up some stuff for um, my move outside, and it was really cold in the building, but it wasn't uncomfortable outside. It was still mm -hmm. hot, and you know, a little bit uncomfortable, I guess. But I wasn't sweating as long as I was under the shade. I feel like in Houston, I can still be under that shade and be sweating still. That's not a full sweat. Mm -mm. I forgot, I what, what was I today? I was under the um, carport for one of my kiddos' houses that I was visiting. And I was like, girl, I'm not going to stand outside with you. Like, <laughs> either we going to go on this AC or this visit getting cut short. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yeah, because you don't allow them in your car. Mm -mm. I don't um, play. Mm -mm. If, you, if I have specifically probably one kiddo that like, I'd be like, you want to FaceTime? Cause mm -hmm. if I can't go to your home, but we can't go somewhere, um, it's a no for me. <laughs> we can talk in. We can we can do face to face. Maybe back in like Octoberish, late September. Oh, <laughs> cause you got to stand outside or something. Um, it's it's very few um clients that I have to do that with, but like this heat will give you a heat stroke. But most of them like we go to restaurants or we'll go to the library or something like that or mm -hmm. something of that nature, but. Mm -mm, that's that's not my thing. Honestly, the library is just that's it's sad that he's trying to shut down a lot of libraries in the first place. So we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So what's in your cup? And my cup right now is one of my little green juices that I did. Oh. I don't know why I'm not drinking today, but I'm just I guess not really in the mood. That's understandable. Mm -hmm. I just got out of class not too long ago, so I'm just I got water. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be water today. Nothing I've been, wrong um, with that. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think next time we report, whether it be next week. Yeah, I'll be. Oh, I'll be my. Uh, it should be settled. You should be a weekend to your new place. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, I think right before I start my job, too. Mm -hmm. It will be. We'll see how that goes. Do a little celebratory drink, you know? Mm -hmm. Settled in, nice and comfy, hopefully. It should be. As long as everything's I've set everything up, it'll be fine. But, so what got you going this week? Let's hear uh, it. I wouldn't say nothing negative necessarily. My move, you know, I've been I preoccupied. I wouldn't say what got me going, but I guess I'm more so preoccupied with moving. I did a 17-hour drive to Phoenix. And it wasn't bad. 
we changed. I thought it was 20 hours for some reason. 17 hours, but I think it might, might have made it 20 hours. We stopped quite often because we had to, um, me and her had to um, pee, you remember, um, Amber. And so it wasn't bad though. For the 17 hours, what we ended up doing was like, she drove like five hours, five or six hours, I think. And I drove five and then she drove like four and then I drove like three. And it was like, we, we split it up that way so we both have time to rest. So we're not like exhausting ourselves and then like complete because what we used to do, when we drive like more than like a good number of hours, I drive 10 hours straight and then she'll drive like maybe nine, 10 hours straight too. And then by the time we get to the place, we'll be tired as hell. This time we didn't have to, we didn't do that. So, oh, and it was no. better. Who yeah. is we? Cause the folks don't know who we are. <laughs> um, Amber, me and my best friend. <laughs> she's, well, she's actually not here right now. She's on to Target, but yeah. Um, I would say the move is pretty, I was maybe just preoccupied, like leaving Houston, throwing away stuff, I throw away a lot of things. Um, You're not going to talk about that? Baby, I promise you I ain't mad about it. Y'all, I'll just say this, when I get aggravated, I wouldn't say I shut down by stuff, but it was a certain point in my move where I was hot, I was kind of, I wanted to get over certain things, and so, yeah, a lot of things got thrown away, and... um. We're not going to talk about all the things that got thrown away. I'm, I'm still mm. over here befuddled. How do you <laughs> like your new um, workout stuff? You know I'm not going to get that. After this part, I got so much to ask you about. <laughs> what. A, so I ain't even going to lie to you. Your food, I packed it up today and gave it to one of my survivors. All the stuff that was not open. Oh, so it went, went to good it, use. It went, it went to good use. I called her up and I was like, hey, so do you need this stuff? So I would say this. It, I didn't think about it is more so because when I what I got it in the intentions of eating all of it what I didn't like um, think about is going to dinner and like out with people and like scheduling those things and then how I didn't, I just didn't have time to eat it and so it's like it was once I realized that I was like damn I ain't had to buy all this wasting my money and then but once it wasn't you nice. um once we finish this part I'm gonna eat one of them bags of lettuce you got in there make a little Caesar salad mm-hmm. and then grill me up some chicken it's about to be so good. Because the Jamaican spot ain't got no cocoa bread or patty right now. Oh, right. I can't real Fridays, they be real bro. disrespectful. They be like real disrespectful on a Friday. Like they run out of everything like by like seven-ish. So yeah. he was just there a little while ago and texted me back and was like, no cocoa bread. I was like, forget it. I had a plan B already. Damn, I'm gonna have to start Amazon to me some cocoa bread. I I can go to I think um, Costco's and get me the little in the box of the uh, Jamaican patties, mm-hmm. but I can't I can't find I wouldn't find cocoa bread in Seattle. I highly doubt it. I try. But hey, I you may be surprised. There's certain things here that I didn't expect to find. Still waiting to find some real conk, but we gonna oh. move on. I I can always go home for it. Mm-hmm. That's just what you have to. Look at you going. I done said like three things about it, but work. Mm-hmm. So I have this thing mentally where I break up my 100% over the five days. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like this week I gave 100% every day. Ooh. And it disturbed my soul. Like I have this whole thing about like, because I'm able to schedule. So I mm-hmm. schedule my visits to look a certain way when I can, if it's not an emergency situation. And I just feel like every day this week I've been ripping and running and I don't like to travel on Fridays, but I had two visits today. And then on top of that, I was training every day that I was in the field. Oh, see, that's why you had to um, give a hundred percent. So I was like, Oh, like it's the like 
pre-communication before you go on a visit, the post-communication to make sure you understood any questions. I just, I feel like they got their whole 40 out of me in a, in a different kind of way, right? In a, in a, it may even have been a little bit over 40, so sometimes that salary part be like, uh. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, like, the business was busy for all of us. So at least I didn't feel like it was just on me. So I was like, okay. But next week, I'm back to, no, next week, actually. Yeah, Midweek, I go on vacation, so I ain't even mad. Oh, they finna yeah. get these three days, three, two and a half. And um, that's gonna be that. But that's what got me going. Okay, okay. Look, I'm gonna have for the three days and the vacation next week. Mm, I'll be off for a whole week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, cause they damn. So we didn't record today or tomorrow. It a damn y'all have been waiting for a good week and two two weeks. We would have did two weeks. I almost mm-hmm. thought about. it. I was like, you want to take a break? <laughs> I came real close. I was like, <laughs> I was like literally that. like when you said when you gave the time today, I was like, hmm. I had legit thought about texting you and saying, you want to just take a two week break. I'd have, I'd have been like, I'd have been like, yep. But if I'm not mistaken, I think our next one makes a year. I'm almost certain. This is the 24th episode, so the next one makes a year. I think. Oh, speaking, oh, I gotta have a drink ready then. <laughs> I'm almost certain. I have to check the dates, but I'm almost certain because we started recording the end of August. Oh, I want to say. Yeah, right. Oh, we gotta celebrate our year. I don't know how we're gonna do it. We're gonna celebrate somehow. We're gonna find a way. We're gonna find mm-hmm. a way. Um. So you want to get into these topics? Yep, yep, yep. I let you take All right. All right. So y'all, um, if you haven't heard, um, in Houston, they want to eliminate libraries, turn libraries into detention centers. And so what they essentially want to do, everybody, is if you're, I don't know, depending on what age you are, in certain schools growing up, we call it ISS, I think it's called, um, in-school, yeah, in-school suspension. And so all they're doing is taking like those things so that the kids who has behavior problems, However, they're eliminating the libraries out of the schools in general, they're trying to do, and make it into um, where it's like a full-time ISS, basically, like room. Um, I think in Lake Stevens, we, they used the auditorium um, majority of the time, unless they didn't have it, then they probably moved to like a classroom or something, or they just let the students go. Mm-hmm. They want to eliminate the libraries. And one of the problems I have with that is because growing up in like, not, I think I had, well, I had a computer, but I didn't have like things to print. But when we didn't have a computer, libraries were the school library or just like kind of the public library, it was really helpful. And I think eliminating those things kind of like just further decreases the education. For the library, it's really necessary. It just decreased a lot of the education within the school system already. And especially with what already is going on in Florida, I feel like we're arguing about the craziest things on the online. And yet, Overall, I guess I wanted to just more so highlight of how it feels like we damn near turn into North Korea, but with white racist people, and they actively want to kind of uneducate people because, oh, matter of fact, what has got me going, you know, Ron DeSantis um, is creating a curriculum. I'm, I'm loosely said it. I, I can't remember what it is, and I can't find it right now because it'll take too much time. Ron I'm almost De- certain I read what you thought you about to say. Ron DeSantis is like doing whatever like he's with the curriculum with Florida. I just know Candace Owens and I can't remember. I want to say it's Ben Crump. I don't think that's who it is. Um, but it, I know it's Candace Owens is basically going to be in charge of um, the curriculum of education, especially with him like black education of how that looks. This is 
and the, and the spirit of Roland Martin, if you voted for Trump, fuck you. And I may still love you, but fuck you, because this this is what fall under what it is. <laughs> a lot of people, especially within the black community, I feel like sometimes they focus on the gay people getting all these rights. I don't know what you expect as far as uh, what was going to happen, because they got gay people that's going to get black people too, and they took the women too, and so that's, that's all they're doing. Just understand when the world changes, I'm going to be out the country. I feel like I also read or heard something about like them removing any books for the Florida part you're talking about, because I'm going to get on the Houston part. Mm -hmm. They're removing any books that or any type of um, media, whatever they may have that incorporates the LGBTQIA community. Um, that's um, a, yeah. they're, they're removing that completely. Um, and that's just weird because this didn't just begin here. It's throughout Rome, um, Rome and all Greece and other locations too from prehistoric times, like not prehistoric times, but like ages ago. Like this ain't nothing new. Um, Tucker Carlson. Okay. I was like, I don't think it was Ben Crump because I, mm -hmm. I remember seeing the name, but I was like, that didn't ring a bell. Um, the jump on the Houston thing that you mentioned. I watched a video that you sent and I was disturbed, um, not just because, which was like one of the more centered things, like librarians who have all of this education to become a librarian mm -hmm. who's in their positions. And um, also the fact that the lady made a valid point. You're going to make these into indoor suspension, um, which is more so like a punitive thing for kids when they've done something wrong. This is the consequence but you're gonna leave the books there in the facilities with them and the negative connotation that will possibly come with that with kids wanting to read, with kids wanting to learn um, because now you're you're associating that with them. I was even reading like they may have like some self-structured learning, mm -hmm. um, like from what it sounded like, there may not even be supervision there. So that was just like, wow to me. Um, I'm quite sure there's other spaces that you- tools. If you're doing Houston ISD, <laughs> I'm saying this is only going to be implemented a lot of times in in lower community schools because they would damn so want to take that um library out of a white school because half of the um one of their daddies donated um the funds to build that shit and it's probably named after him. Mm -hmm. That's sad. Um, I'm surprised it even went through, but I do know, and I'm I'm going to butcher this. Um, mm -hmm. whoever was running Houston ISD was taken over. You, you you heard about that? Like it was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot the name of the company. I just looked it up before. Do I have it here on my... Um, I didn't talk about coming to some of my school. Yeah, Texas uh, Education friends. Agency will take control of Houston ISD and that occurred in June. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'm assuming that's where the librarians came into play because they were knocking off like a couple of thousand positions, which was something else I was wondering. So if you have these kids with these behavioral issues, you're going to create some form of a punitive um, response to it. Um, then you're not going to have the supervision for them. I don't see how we're making this better. And I don't see how you're going to take a library and make the library out of all places the correct structure. Take a classroom if you can. Um, a lot of these schools, I don't know about Texas, but I would assume still have portables. Take the portables and use them. Um, mm -hmm. Once again, you still have auditoriums. Take the auditoriums and utilize them. Um, I but just I don't mental health people in schools. That part too. Um, what do they call CBAs? Child behavior analysts and um, mm -hmm. behavior health behavior. I think it's behavior techs. 
Um, you can also have those and have those directly centered to work with the child and even work with the instructor and the child so that the instructor can work with the child and their behaviors. Um, there's other options, and I just don't think that's the correct option to use. Not at all. And as I said, the whole thing is just aggravating because, like, we see this online, and at this point, like, I feel like I'm a slight whole tap at, at a certain point because it's just like we have these black medias and we have all these things. And, like, I don't follow the shade room, y'all. If, you, if you're new to the podcast, I don't follow the shade room. I don't really follow the neighborhood talk and all that stuff. Like, I get usually get sent to it. So, when I, if I see, unless I see it on Twitter, I have Twitter, um, and Twitter, that's the For You page. I'm okay with that. Threads, I'm still kind of learning. Um, it's because I have, to get, I have to emulate the people I follow on um, Twitter, and it's just, it's been hard. I, I don't, that's, that's neither here or there. However, do you think that they're going to, well, go ahead. I'll ask you that question mm-hmm. later. It's just more so, I'm just, where's the outrage for like, I guess because we see so many things, like we just talked about the transgender things, and, and like, so, hey, that's, Oh, another conversation that we obviously had last podcast, but I just feel like we're arguing about the lo- the smallest things, or like I don't I don't care if someone walk up and um her man like um left her man or whatever the case. I don't I don't care about it. Honestly, I don't. I want to know like what is the... why you don't care about that man taking taking helping that girl taking her groceries and how that ruined their whole loving relationship because he was helping his cousin taking groceries um with no groceries in his hand. I don't follow Summer Walker, neither do I follow Little Meats. And based off the podcast I listen to to read, Summer I think his Walker, name is Big Meach, but okay. I thought it was Big Meach. <laughs> I no, think I it's think, Big no. Meach. Big Meach is that. Okay, then my bad. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't be caring about it because my thing is one, Summer Walker be saying some dumbass shit in the first place. Um, if I had, to, I think some of her songs are nice. I still don't have any of her songs on my phone. And so when I see her, I know she's always saying something stupid. And so I'm letting her, her stupid, um, her thinking just, it ain't my, it ain't my business. I don't care. They also, she's also like 27. He's 23. That is just oh, a young relationship. I didn't know he was that young. Yeah. Yeah, he in his whole phase. And yeah, you so, right. It's love me. But, but since you brought just, that up real quick, yeah. um, she does seemingly get in these weird relationship issues. It's, it's, she's young. Like, I'm not falling for that. She just seems like a young person. She's like 27. She's still in the phase of like maybe picking the wrong people or kind of just whatever her expectation may be. And I don't know. It seems like she blindly like kind of like trust people, what the case may be. Because this is like the third. I, you know, she's um, before they got together, I, you know, she broke up with the last dude she was with. I think she got like a tattoo of him. And I'm just. Who was she? I just, she got a tattoo of, I want to say, of the last guy she was with. I don't. I couldn't tell you who's with. I know Isn't she like, the same one that made this whole album and she was really emotional? This was like 2021, I want to say. Mm. She made this whole emotional album and she had just had a baby from this guy. I just need some love. Yeah. Um, well, it's not that album, I don't think, but I think I need that. But the, that's for her baby daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, it's just, but I said, like, we can talk about it. And I said, I don't mind necessarily talking about it. It's just, we know these things are happening in the world. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take much to kind of pull up these resources and look and see what we can do, and what we can do about it. I'm just curious, with like, well, what is the actual plan? And it, and it just makes me feel like, 
fuck it, I'm going to just move to another country because it doesn't seem like nobody has the best interest of education, especially proper education within this within this country. We're just going to like tell everybody brag about being in America. America, it, the fact that America is not on the top 20 of like the best education in the world to me says a lot. And this made me feel like we are dumbasses. And at this point, if you graduate from Florida, I'm sorry, I'm going to label you in my head as, as a slight dumbass. And it won't be, it won't, it won't be by, it won't be your fault. It's because the people in Florida chose to elect somebody who structured education to benefit white people, Asian people, because they're apparently okay with as long as their curriculum is in it, in it, and it's not everybody. But it doesn't seem to kind of fully educate people because of people's personal beliefs. There's no neutrality in the education system. Absolutely. Because just... even the person that you were talking about, the Tucker... Um, Carlson, yeah. Yeah, like his whole platform of where it's coming from just sounded weird. It didn't sound like it was coming from a factual, evidence-based um, learning. Mm. And I feel like, to kind of go inside with what you were saying, I feel like we are going to wake up one day and be back in between the 16 to 1800s. And we won't, we will be, we were going to blink our eyes and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up back in slavery in the next hundred years. Because be all dead. of these changes that are coming along mm -hmm. just give me like, we really doing a reverse. And I would have never thought four years ago that this would be the things that we are going through and even fighting for at this point. It's like, we are going backwards instead of forward. And even with this education thing, not to mention that the generations that are coming through now are already behind due to mm -hmm. COVID. And then now you want to change change the goalposts? Like, that's wild. They can't even tell the time without a digital clock. Can't tell time, can't count money, can't I read. Thought people was, when I, I thought they was playing, I was like, I, I'm not going to name the child, but um, it's multiple children. I have asked, like, what time is this? And they just look at me, like, very slow and confused. I'm just like... Imagine if you showed them the circle without, you know how they got the Roman numerals? Yeah. Maybe they might start crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying, I'm, I'm just like, how don't you know that? They don't, like, what do they teach? And it's just like that. And I don't think it helps, like, um, to get on Tucker Carlson. I'm, and I'm going to end it right there. On Tucker Carlson, you got dumbass people like Ice Cube over there going on his platform, damn near agreeing with Tucker Carlson and be like, yeah, Obama didn't do anything for black people. And this is another thing about that when people say Obama didn't do anything for black people, I need everybody to understand that we live in a um, democracy, not a dictatorship, a democracy, not a dictatorship, meaning Barack Obama can't singly hand it, handle, um, hand it, um, put things in positions where it benefits black people. The, the, the areas that are supposed to support him, we didn't vote for them. So it's like he was a child in he he just got swatted every time he did something. Nobody was right or wrong. He got swatted. And it's just like how, if that was the case, Biden would just eliminate people's student loans, as he promised. As you see, the courts are blocking him. And so when you talk about Barack Obama not being a president, you can talk about his immigration policies. That's not, not another conversation. But it takes more than just voting for the president. Absolutely, because the the creation of these laws and everything else that goes with it is not directly on the president themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a whole Thank process before it gets to his table. And the whole process. And even if he what vetoes it, it could still go surpass him. Yes, it can. Checks and balances. Yes, it is. But anyway, I'm gonna get off my little soapbox. 
<laughs> I'm gonna let you do two and three because they actually oh, kind of okay. go in with each other when I think about it. I could jump in for three, but you brought up the first one. Mm-hmm. So, I okay, the question what I put y'all is why do um, we deem people who don't um, we feel like we don't hold a torch to us or feel like they're ugly and we look down on them um, of because of our insecurities to uplift them. And meaning like um, it's a video that's like a month or two old. I was uh, I didn't want to talk about it, but it's a video with a girl. She is I'm gonna say she falls out of the the normal standard of beauty, and she's on this podcast and she's a little she's not like a bigger girl, um, and she's sitting there and she's like, well, I can fuck any man I want. And after she says that, it's a video that goes for that little white kid. It's like bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> and like you know it get passed around and stuff and i just sat and thought about it I was like eh. and i'm just like honestly she right and i'm saying this because as a person who can be in a lot of spaces with men and fuck anything and not calling that girl anything it's just we sit there and look at people like oh they can never um fuck my man lies you you motherfucking lie because you can't tell me that whatever whoever Jay Z ugly ass done um done fuck look better than Beyonce. Now I'm not saying Beyonce is the prettiest person. I think she's a very beautiful girl, and I think if you had to compare a lot of people to her, depending on who the girl is, they, um Beyonce will, will top them far as just aesthetically pleasing look. I think of Holly Berry. Holly Berry was dating um Eric Benet and they and. Holly Berry got cheated on. Your your looks alone does not mean a guy won't fuck somebody who is six hundred pounds and um and over. But it I, and I think it is interesting when society that is like really cool um, to a lot of people to deem people like I said who feel like we don't hold a torch to us or we have that saying like if you go fuck somebody at least I hope she look better than me. That oh. is true because I hear that with. Um women a lot like uh-huh. once they get to the part of oh shit you cheated on me what well, the next thing is you want to know what they look like you want to you kind of want to see what was the aesthetic that made that person feel like it was okay to cheat on you especially when they've been with you and it's almost like and I've, I've been in those spaces it's almost like damn you went that ugly like, that's kind of like what we do. Like, you couldn't find nothing better. Like, make me make me kind of just uh, inside and be like, well, damn, she pretty. But a lot of times that's maybe not the case. Um, and I know that everything for a man, as far as the face, I feel like you could throw, I feel like men, they used to say this thing when we was younger, like, they'll throw a brown paper bag over her face and still screw her as long as she got a hole. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I truly believe that. Um it's just like that comedian. You ever heard that joke? I think I told you. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. But no, I think I told you about that comedian. Uh, I can't tell. I can't remember who I heard it from, but I remember the story because it, it was funny as shit to me. Uh, it was still wrong, y'all. But I, dark humor, I laugh. Sorry. So the girl was like, it was a girl. She was like, my man cheated on me with a handicapped bitch. This is her words, y'all, not mine. It's like, and... I was like, well, she was like, well, what the fuck she got on me? And so she said, well, I had, I had just had to meet the girl. Because I need to know why, how the fuck, no, he fucking her. <laughs> and I look like this, basically. She said that she met her, 
No, she no told her to come at this restaurant or this place. They um, met up. She was already inside the restaurant. She said the moment the girl stepped out of the handicapped um, parking spot and started walking, and she saw that um, that drool coming from her mouth, she understood why. Wow. And yeah, uh, but I know that men have these. I don't. I want to call it a fetish, but it's like this thing. Like if they was presented with a girl with no legs, they want to try. It's like, oh, I ain't never did that. Let me see what it feel like. Yeah. I, I I've known and not someone personally, but I've known people personally that like not personally, I've known people of people who will have sex with somebody who don't got no leg and an arm broke or something like that. Just like see, it's weird. It Men like to have sex with midgets. I remember back in the day when I used we to go to little um, people. Do, I'm sorry, little people. Oh, <laughs> please forgive me. Um when we would go to the office, like there was a little person that was there and like she made a lot of money. I bet it's it's like a it's like a thrill chase of some sort. I'll go watch I'll go watch a little person strip. I'm not gonna lie. I want to see how far they get that pole. I I'll be down to watch a good five ten minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 rather interesting, and I don't really know why. I don't I don't know if um if men are the same way. Like if a woman cheats on them, are they more so worried about what the dude looks like? And I don't I don't see it that way because I think. A lot of men, not all, have this thing of like, well, if a woman cheats, it had an emotional attachment to it more so than when a man cheats, he can cheat for the physical alone uh-huh. and, and not think, get that emotional attachment. And I think sometimes people just like, I said, I think when people cheat, I think sometimes it, and I think one day we're going to have to, I think maybe we should have the conversation after we had talked about um, that video you had sent me about cheating and being in relationship with people. I think we kind of talked about it on the podcast before, but I think it'd be interesting to kind of like the one I sent you this deeper. week, where the girl was like, mm-hmm. "If he, if my man cheat, it's okay." Mm-hmm. Basically, like we just gonna open up. I'm, I'm gonna stay with you, but I'm going. We gonna open up this relationship. You gonna do you? I'm gonna do me. We just not gonna talk about it. You don't bring me back nothing. I don't bring you back nothing. And I'm gonna love you. We gonna we gonna grow together. We gonna make money together. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we push out. I, it's just. Sometimes some, actually, I don't think some people are just curious what they what they do. Like I think Corinne Stephens is a you know she's a a, a a cute lady. No, she's a beautiful lady. I don't think she's is that ugly. the girl superhead. Mm-hmm. Okay. I story is kind of. I when I saw her and no shade to her, she's not an ugly girl. But she's I didn't see huh? Or like how she got all how she got everybody. It, it, she it, just it, wasn't. It wasn't to about me her like looks. if you was in the club, she wasn't an immediate girl. You just turn your head back to and be like, oh, she's pretty. Um, she's she. And I'm so, not trying okay. to be mean. When I when I seen the picture of her, she looks rather normal. Like she's she, she a girl where I, I could see her getting men. I don't see her not getting mm-hmm. men. But just to the level of that book, okay. I was like, hold up. Mm-hmm. She named it. I remember looking at every all um things she said about each and every person, and it, and it and like she's the perfect example. Your man cheated on her, um, cheat on somebody that's like Corinne Stephens. I promise you, it is not her looks. One, let me see how explicit I feel like going. She's superhead. You sucking, she stuck enough dicks to the point where a lot of men was like, well, I know my girl can probably do it, but this is superhead. She, this, this is her, her, um, her speciality. This is what she do. <laughs> I can't tell you if it had to be like a gay version that I wouldn't be like, hmm. So 
So are you saying yeah. you think baby basically she may have been known through the industry because it was just that good? Like she got say she got her hands on Jay-Z, hypothetically. Mm -hmm. I remember I think this book came out when I was in grade school. Mm -hmm. I remember being at my great grandma house and it was like one of my aunties and another auntie was going down the list of who she had. And at one point I knew what each what she did with each person. I never read the book. But like mm -hmm. all the names that were being mentioned and or not mentioned, but you can make the assumption of who it was. Yeah. Like it was deep. So I'm thinking maybe like, you know, once she got the right, like say she got Jay-Z and then say she made herself, got herself in front of who somebody else we could throw out there. Um, Nas. Nas. And Jay-Z and That's Nas friends. And he's like, oh, you with her? Oh, you met her? Yeah, go ahead. She good. And that's how she got passed around? I can't say I, I can't without saying names. I can't say it. I I can see it. This is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> if, if if that's the only thing you want to do with the person, I I can see that. And maybe because like I said, I have a penis. I can but see I can it see being that. something that was passed around as a um as a topic of um interest. Mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj said, "Bird don't turn down bread." You may have a point there. I'm just saying. Just, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but as more so to get us back on topic is, it is interesting that we. I think when you think about sometimes when somebody's cheating you or whatever the case may be, I think it's interesting to kind of like reevaluate yourself or be a little bit more mindful about. Sometimes it's really not about what you're doing. It's not about how you do it. it Maybe honestly, somebody she just maybe sucked dick better than you. And don't don't be paying the hard feelings. I I just think it's interesting that sometimes that as human beings we like to demean people who we feel like oh they can't get this person and when they do now it's like it feels it comes off to me as an insecurity problem because now you feel like well what I have what they, what they have that I don't have. Or we see couples who are like maybe in in society where he's a nine, but the girl look like maybe a four, or she don't got a hair already out in public, don't got the hair done. It's just like, or they look kind of a little bummy, and then the girl, the guy looks looking all you know really, or and vice versa. Sometimes it's really not about like I think if people need to get old looks because if you ever go to a VA and they have that wall and it's like people who's like probably in the eighties, nineties, they have a picture when they're in their twenties next to them. We all we all could get old. Just understand, we all get old. Understand that maybe your dick may break. Maybe you might want to have sex no more. Looks you, is only like up just some of it. Sometimes it's the energy. Sometimes it's what people say, and it's just interesting that if it makes you feel better to look at that girl that says she could fuck anybody, she probably can't fuck your man. Quite honestly, <laughs> if, if she if she's the best dick sucker in town, and she is market as that. She may can fuck your man. And then and you can take it how you feel. She could be five hundred pounds, but if she sucked dick like she um I don't know, like like whatever. What's like whatever? <laughs> I like I I can't even give like a metaphor to compare. If she sucks dicks better than you, he might do it. And it has a lot of time it has nothing to do with your looks. And so I think people need to like reevaluate yourself, that's all. I agree. I just think sometimes that's harder when you already been hurt and you in a hurt place, especially as mm -hmm. a woman and haven't experienced it. Like it, it just sometimes 
it, it does, it uplifts your spirits for the moment. And it, it ain't the total. Because you do come out of that and you're like, well, you still went here. So what else kept you there? But for the moment, it is a, it is a topic of conversation because then you got your, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how to look in a man's world, but um, you have your friends up there. Like, because of course you done sent the picture to them and you like, they like, oh, she don't hold a torch to you. So it's like, it amps your head up for like a half a second. That half a second may be a day. But then afterwards, you still come back to reality. There was something that was there that felt that made him feel that this was worth taking a chance on your relationship for. Yeah. And reality is somebody's going to just do something better than you. Once again, it really don't matter how you look at, at all. It, somebody is going to do something. Maybe she obviously is, she's a, she, well, I'm not going to say cooler, but like a, maybe he just brings something that he's not familiar, he just got curious about. And so, that's why we check ourselves because I think when you go in the mirror and you think about it, ain't nobody, ain't no bitch like me. I can, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm the best person in the world. I'm not saying I can do this in the world, but I know when I look in that mirror, I know ain't nobody else named Bernard Knight that's exactly like me. <laughs> I feel you. So speaking of looks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we was watching some videos this past weekend, like music videos. And the topic came up about, can you be ugly slash unattractive with sex appeal? No, I say yes. Give me an example. Give me, give me somebody that you can, you can clearly say is ugly, but got sex appeal. Oh, I was going the opposite way. Oh, uh, you were saying, no, you can't be? No, I said you can't be ugly with sex appeal. Okay, so give an example. Let me see. Who would I know that is not necessarily attractive? I feel like I usually I usually have real life examples. If I do a celebrity, well, you know what? I don't think. Um, well, I don't think he's ugly though. I don't. I just. And when I, I put whenever I put like ugly versus unattractive, like so, I, okay, I hate to use so, the word ugly. So let's let's use the word unattractive. Can you be unattractive but still have sex appeal? I think Gucci man. You right. Post post um post jail Gucci yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't, we won't it's a different kind of Gucci man before post, jail. Yeah, but yeah, post, yeah. Jail, we do post jail. Perfect example. I didn't even think about him. I think he has sex appeal for a lot of people. Um, I think he has sex appeal now. Do I find him attractive? No. Um, he's he's not. No, I I, I can't imagine that. But I always think think I think of the opposite. Also, I think of um I say. But um, LL Cool J. I don't think he's ugly. I think he's he's a handsome dude. But I'm not. I don't think I don't find him sexually appealing. Okay, so I I have LL Cool J on my list as he's not the most attractive man to me. I guess I could grasp just like people thought that Morris Chestnut was the finest man in the world. Mm. Um, I could see the sex appeal, but if I saw LL Cool J on the street, even in his prime. I don't think he would have gotten a head turn from me. Um, I, I've never thought that even in like my stages of like grade school of liking like the little red boys. Um, he just never did it for me. I also had Jay-Z on there. Um, Jay-Z for a lot of people was unattractive, but I thought he was sexy growing up. I wouldn't look at him and be like, oh, he's so fine. But it was just when you put the whole whole thing together, especially like I think it was listening. We was watching Song Cry. That was a specific mm-hmm. song. And like I was like, he is just sexy, but in the same breath, he ain't like, oh my God, he just dropped that fun. I promise you thought that all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jay-Z had the height, nice complexion. He had the little swagger with him. 
it goes down to like example, everybody baby ain't cute. That's just facts, right? That is so, true. Some <laughs> baby looking old. But when you got like some babies and you like, you know, I feel like some, especially with little boys, I feel like parents and little girls, they compensated with the way they dress them, the upkeep of them. And they they just look cuter with that. But if you just strip them down, it just they look like rag muffins. Exactly. <laughs> so mm. I, well, you know, I would say I think for like people like um, Wiz Khalifa. Okay. I find him really attractive, and he can wear me out anytime. And see, I find him unattractive, but he has a little sex appeal to him. Don't he? It feels mm-hmm. like I just would be. I I would just be. It'd be very interesting. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm I'd be willing so to try. <laughs> You'd be I'd willing be, to what? I'd be willing to try. Each hey, and every he, time. Hasn't he been doing like this boxing thing or something lately? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some, him with like. He's got to put some socks on his feet though. I don't, I don't have time for that. That's like his feet ugly. Tired. They beat up and ran over. Ooh, rough, 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 rough. Take care of your feet. Well, he, I think he's like um, Mar- MMA or something like that. Martial I know, know it's some type of like fighting thing, and yeah. I seen a I seen a picture of him. I was like, oh, okay. And a lot of their feet, when they do that, be all busted up anyway. So they're like ballerina feet, basically. <laughs> but well, should we take a break? We we'll probably do that. Okay, we we'll take one. Or at least. All right, guys. So we're gonna take a break real quick. Go ahead and refill your cups, and we'll be right back. Yes. Hey y'all, we are back. And so let's jump into it. Yeah, I'm gonna let you explain this one. This one was very interesting to me. <laughs> so there was a post um earlier this week on Instagram of a parent um displaying this ankle monitor um made by Fisher Price, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, to track his child in the home. And he basically was alluding to the fact that the child is like busy and moving around a lot. It's a toddler. Um, and that he thinks that this ankle monitor was the best thing ever created because he can track the child wherever they're in, at in the house and whatever they're doing. And it was just a perfect device to be um, created. Um it was very disturbing to me because of what ankle monitors are associated with. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, wow. Um, I understand like people childproofing houses, putting safety measures in place, um, even trying to get the child to take a nap with you or before you so that you can get that nap in you may need. But I would not socialize my child with an ankle monitor to make them think that this is normal practice because that is used as a punitive measure by the courts. <laughs> And you know, when you sent that to me and I looked at it, I was like, this is just, that's the laziest shit you can do. And I said, because as a person who is the oldest of seven, who is around kids enough to know, like, yes, toddlers are extremely tiring. However, I feel like to, to me, put an ankle monitor around a child as if like they're simulating based like prison or jail. To me, it's kind of like, it's no better than when we talk about the school um, to prison pipeline type stuff. And are you grooming your child to kind of be an associate with corporal punishment necessarily, corporal punishment, but with the prison system and how that works? Because 
The only time you can just wear an ankle monitor is when you're on the house arrest. And so do you really want to simulate that or make that a normal normalize that experience within their life? Absolutely not. I could if if it was something like uh something you could put around their neck, but I, I just don't I can't under I can't fathom. Around their neck? I, not like nice. a not like a choker, but like a, a chain. Uh-huh. And it had like a little like something that was aesthetically pleasing. Uh-huh. Um, ankle monitors just sound wild. Like what? <laughs> and it looks like the ankle monitors that you. I primarily I haven't re- I've seen them on adults, but I, I work with juveniles, so I see them on uh-huh. juveniles all the time. And it's not a pleasing thing to them. Uh-uh. And then you want to associate your child from a young age. This is okay. And I'm like, why can't maybe I would? I think I'd be okay if it was like a watch. A watch is a little bit, but still not like because y'all. I don't know if you said it. I don't. I wasn't paying attention, but it, they actually it also shocks them if if um if you want it if you want to. Oh, I didn't see that part. I wasn't paying attention to that. Also, that would make me mad. It shocks the child. You have the option to shock the child if you want to. And my thing is like, so I said it. I just don't know like why you can't watch your child. Is it like I said? If you want to take a nap, I could understand have you-, you having a, a a. I can't. I can't say I understand you having a supervision issue. I could understand that you're tired and maybe the child is up. But what do we have baby monitors for? What do we have cameras that you can nanny cams that you can put down? There's there's other measures. Put the child in a room with you and lock the door and make sure they have a TV going and some toys and a snack or something. Um, it may not be the most perfect thing to do because sometimes you may work nights. And maybe mm-hmm. the mom and the dad or whatever the 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 the, the time sharing or whatever is a certain way and you need to get that nap in before you gotta get up and go to work and really be able to attend to that child. I, I was raised kind of like that. My parents were married, mm-hmm. my dad worked nights and my mom um worked days. So when my dad got home, my mom left for work. Um, but I, I was literally set up with breakfast, um, some television, some toys to play with, and my dad periodically woke up to kind of check on what I was doing. And I'm, I'm not every child, but you have to find a measure that works. But well, putting on an ankle so. monitor is not it. And especially so. if it shocks a child. No way. So now you got the ankle monitor doing the work of a parent. And like, what is the long-term effects of this? Like, that ain't cute to be telling your friends to be like, or just telling people, yeah, when I was younger, I had an ankle monitor on to shock me. Um, because my parents, no, didn't. I was all running around all over the place. To me, that's no far like it's it's like when you had um them children on the leash. You don't like I the just, leash. I don't like the leash. I I understand some children run away, but my thing is that I would rather not go anywhere. Then I would if my child is is consistent on running away. We want to have to constantly reevaluate and, and keep trying. But I refuse like put my child on the leash to kind of like. So if it's the one that kind of goes on their wrist and it's on my wrist and like we're at a place like a a fair or something like that. I wouldn't do it as an everyday thing. And I know I have a wanderer. I'm not opposed to that because I'm up, I'm alert, I'm with you. But I'm also making sure that I give you some leverage to to make your space out, but you won't have to be right up under me. But I can also make sure that you're good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I just I'm not the biggest that. fan of it, but example, the, the child number six. Mm-hmm. I could I could honestly understand somebody putting a putting that your your mom doing that. He's a wonder. He don't do if, that with me, it, But if he was, let's take him at five and six. He still didn't do that with me. Not with you. 
But that's saying, what you do. I was like, but I, I can't. So what I'm saying is like, if it if that unfortunately works for you, I don't know what to tell and you. And you're with multiple kids, and you have this one child that you just know. Hey, they make it exciting and try to just go left. And we're in a crowded set circumstance. I want to make sure that I have you within arm's length, but still give you some space. I have watched children, like a lot of children before, especially when I used to work out of school and like you had kids, like I said, they are, I'm not saying I haven't dealt with people who are wanderers. I just, I've never not been able to not pay attention. And so See, I'm, I'm just you. confused, but I'm saying it. So I can't relate to the experience of like putting like a lead or like a collar on my child or like a leash or anything, or like even like a ankle monitor because they mm -hmm. want you I don't know what that experience is like for right now. Like I said, I've never had a problem them sticking in the general vicinity of me so that we can watch them. I don't, I don't, I pay attention to my environment quite often. And I can understand how some, some parents will resort to measures um, for supervision. The ankle monitor is a no, but I, like I can, I can see other methods, even, especially like I said, crowded environments mm -hmm. with the whole um, wrist to wrist leash thing where you have a little, breathing room because example what about autistic kids um what about kids who may have some developmental delays um that will well, require you that, hmm? i was about to say that child's name one of the child's name reasons why i got hired at the school who i monitored <laughs> um he damn so stayed next to me he may give him other people um attitudes but he stayed right next to me but so you have kids cool. that have that one person that they may respect to that level or that they have that bond with, but with anybody else, how do you maneuver? Especially when you're doing with this with multiple kids. Mm -hmm. I understand. If you gotta find a better, better way, but putting them child on um anchor monitor ain't it though. And then just boasting about it, like it's the best thing in the world, just was disturbing. I actually thought it was a joke, but then I was like, when I seen the whole thing, I actually think Fisher Price should be required to take that off of their site. You and me both. Like how they made um, Target get rid of the LGBTQIA stuff. Like that should be banned um, and they should actually be like ridiculed for that because we know what the ankle monitor is used for. In my, in my living, I haven't seen an ankle monitor be used for anything else besides some form of a punitive measure. And let me tell you this. If I see an ankle monitor on a Fisher Price on a black child, I'm judging you. So associated with a child and like that age of a child is just absurd. To me, you just important um giving the trauma um just freely to your child. <laughs> so um this week I was listening to the radio um here at 97.9 mm -hmm. and they were talking about I think he was on social media too. Um the guy that likes to eat tuna, like he has a heavy obsession with tuna. Mm. And like he went on a date and he pulled out a can of tuna and started eating it on a date. You heard about this? Mm -hmm. I see. I watched the video. Okay. I didn't watch the video, but I heard about it. Um, so in the midst of them talking about it, like they they brought up the the thing about like struggle meals, and they was like, Well, you know, like uh, sardines and everything. I can understand you, you know, you liking things like that, but to the degree of where you you have the fetish of it where you wanna pull it out where you're on a date or you have to have it 24-7. Like, that's wild. But what it gave me the idea of was us talking about struggle meals. Um, so as a kid, you know, we growing up and every time mama may not have had it. Mm -hmm. So or grandma and um, they made this specific meal. or They pulled out something that 
you just absolutely love, but you didn't realize till you got older that it was really a struggle meal. Like you didn't even know possibly at the time that like we eating this because we struggling right now, mm-hmm. but, or we eating this because this is just kind of what we got to get by right now. Do you have a, a meal as a kid that you could say, I love this meal, but it really is. If anybody else looks at it, a struggle meal. Well, I would say this. Most of my meals are struggle. <laughs> I'm not going to name the parent, but just understand. <laughs> they, can't. <laughs> they can't cook. And that's fine for them. <laughs> it was a lot of hot dogs. It was a lot of noodles. A lot of sausages. Um, spaghetti. Let me guess. The can one? Both. That can one, I had to love the one with the O's, the one with the alphabet, mm. and I used to love the dinosaur ones. Ooh, baby. Oh, I can't stand them things. <laughs> or the beefaroni. Oh, no, I ain't, do, I ain't do no type of real meat out of a can unless it was some sardines. And the mustard, baby, them things was fire. Mm-mm. <laughs> See, I, don't, I didn't eat sardines. I didn't eat Vienna sausages. That's nasty. Vienna sausages make me want to puke at the smell. I could never eat. Or Spam. Nope. I'm not gonna cuss out about not eat wanting to eat spam. They made a spam sandwich. I was like, that's just nasty. Oh, I was about to say it, but that's just nasty. <laughs> oh, bologna. It was just like I had no choice but to eat it because obviously that's what it was. And I think at a young age, I, to me, I just understood it. The bologna so where you it. pull off the little red piece around the, mm-hmm. the room. <laughs> and I, I just understood it, like, because I always tried to be like an understanding kid. I'm, I was never a kid that kind of acts for like more than what I probably could have gotten. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, you know, I just kind of deal with it, right? I, I don't think it's a meal that I do eat. I think if I had to pick one, when we was talking, like, I don't, I don't eat noodles or hot dogs anymore. So I couldn't say I eat, I eat a struggle meal to eat today. I don't have a mm-hmm. favorite. However, if I had to pick one to eat today, it would be cereal and sugar. Like um, special K, and I put mm-hmm. sugar on top of it mm-hmm. and some milk. I still fuck that up to this day. Will I eat it? Because I feel like I'm a grown adult, and I that just seems like I want to invite diabetes in my life. <laughs> but I can't lie to you, tell you I don't think about it sometimes. But what I want, and I'm like, don't don't do that shit. <laughs> and and I just go eat now because you don't eat cereal really anymore anywhere. But yeah. What about you? So I have two that to this day. Well, I have two that I, one, I don't make, but if my mama made it, I will eat it. And I have one that I will make myself. Um, so for my mom, she would have this thing where she would get the, the um, packs of noodles. And she would put like a bag of mixed vegetables in and tuna and cook it all together. And it was like this, I don't know if you would maybe call it ramen of t- of of the nineties. <laughs> not to say noodles and tuna. She would put noodles, cans of tuna, and like some mixed vegetable type foolishness in there, I just and cook it all life. together. Don't you ever in your life cook that for me? It was good though. Like whatever she put it together, I don't think I could make it. I thought I'd mess it up. It was it was her touch to it. But when I got older, I really realized like. Was we having a a bad day or something? <laughs> why are we eating it? <laughs> like, oh Lord, especially tuna. Y'all don't eat seafood, y'all. So you put especially something <laughs> like tuna. You couldn't put no tunas and no noodles in for me. And then the other thing is like my classic fave. 
So my dad's mom um raised nine kids. So had to make it happen however you had to make it happen. Uh-huh. Um and ever since I was a kid, she would make um corn skillet cornbread on the stove. On top of the stove. And what she would do is after the round was done, like the round um piece of cornbread was done, uh-huh. she would take it, she would rip it up into pieces, sprinkle some sugar over it, and pour some buttermilk over it. Like a cereal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and what I tell you, that is my fat girl meal. But I love it. It was like it was like a bonding thing between me and my daddy because my daddy didn't cook. So when we had when I was visiting with him and it was dinner time, we went over to my dad mama house. And like once a month, she would make that for me. She like, I got some cornbread enough for you. I'd be like, Yes, grandma. And my daddy be right behind me. And we'd be in there with our bowls. Whipping that thing together, and we go sit at the table and eat together. And to this day, I'll make it. I don't make it as much as she made it back then, but like I've made it twice since I've been up here. And oh, I'll call my daddy and be like, "Guess what I'm eating?" Lord, I look amazing. I love it for you. Don't knock was, it till you try. I think the meal that I don't eat now, though, I wouldn't call it a struggle meal. I just know that shit be so good. And only there's only one person in the world that could, that could probably I'd be willing to eat it from. I'm going to say two. Um, my granddad, a um, long time ago, he passed away now, but he used to consistently make lima beans and rice, um, lima beans, snack bones and rice. Mm-hmm. When I tell you the best shit in the world, like he, <laughs> no matter what, I'd just be walking in the house and he'd be like, hey, he'd be like, nah, you want some um, lima beans and rice? Yes. <laughs> he will he will go to the store go cook it it don't matter what time what day what day, and if he asked me it was a yes you were also <laughs> look you know the only because he's the only person used to cook it my mom tried to, oh my, i'm saying girl that's, that's mm. it. my mom tried to cook for me when i tell you i got in trouble and cussed out because i was like girl no this is dry. <laughs> 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 it's kind of hard it's so hard but she's trying to make you happy and you disrespect her Baby, it was horrible. It it was so nasty. Oh my gosh. Uh, and um, my stepmom cooked some um some eggs one time. And this was when I was in grade school. She cooked eggs for me one time in my life. When I tell you, I've never eaten that woman cooking ever since then. I would rather I would to this day, I would rather starve. I don't know how I don't know how you <laughs> fuck up eggs. I don't. It was just nasty. But, it's so funny you bring that up because my um step grandma. Made I'm, I'm a lover of oatmeal, and one day she said, "I'm gonna make you some oatmeal," but she really meant cream of wheat. The nastiest thing I've ever had in my life, and after that, I never ate anything from her ever again. You cannot give me cream of wheat for nothing in the world. Oh, I won't even I won't even try it from anybody else because she just destroyed that for me as a kid. I had to be like six, seven. Look, I don't. Mm-mm, sound about cream away. I can't. But I would say, like, nobody can cook lime beans or rice for me. Uh, the only people that can cook it is probably my uncle. I, apparently, he comes really close. I want to say I've ate, ate it from him. I have eaten it from him before, and I liked it. And I would, and because um, my auntie, his wife, can cook also, the only two people I'd be willing to kind of like eat it from. I don't care who you are. I'm not eating it from you. I don't want it. No, baby, no. Don't want to try. Um, don't want to hurt your heart. Well, hold on. Uh, I mean, I have to correct this. I have, I have uh, somebody in my face. I'm willing to try, um, actually, Amber's dad. Oh, 
Okay. I, I I'll be willing to. Um, he can cook. He can cook his ass off. I'll be willing if he had put it in front of my plate. Play, I'm pretty sure I'll fuck it up. I had rice, his rice and beans. I take it all day. Okay. Okay. Some people, I have to know. Like you have to have that like that to me. That old school style of cooking or know how to do it. Because the way he, my granddaddy did it, it was just, it, that shit is unmatched. Yeah, oh, it's poet click. So you ready for our final part? Yes, yes. So y'all, our last thing is agree to disagree. It is, um, I set Valerie this video up um, of euthanize, euthanization. And it was about this woman who was talking about euthanizing her mom. Um, she didn't euthanize her mom. What happened was that she was talking about it. She said she wished she could do it because her mom has dementia. Um, but in the United States, it's not legal. And so if she had a choice, she said it's a struggle to go through it every day with her mom. Uh, and so then she, if she had a choice, she would euthanize her mom. I honestly agree with her. I believe in, but also I, I believe in, um, I had to do a project in my, my public speaking class about um, euthanizing. Um, and to me, it's interesting. I do feel like, honestly, I'm not saying I'm for suicide. I'm saying that there are instances in people's life that they kind of just like when you're older, I would I would imagine. Like if I'm 80 with cancer, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm okay. Let's go ahead and go to Sweden and let, let's just, we can have a big party of like going away. I'm not trying to be 80 and deal with cancer. I'm, I, I, I'm simply not. I'm just, I hope y'all know now, I'm just not. Call me selfish with all you want to. And you, you, gotta, you gotta have to take my rights away from me in order for me to do it. When I tell you I will cause hell and now there's a home, house, home, I'm gonna cuss you out. So I'm gonna get what I want. <laughs> I prefer not to do, but I said, I understand it. Since I think in certain cases, I, I approve of it. So, coming from a family that's like heavily, heavily inundated with dementia and Alzheimer's, um, I can't say I agree. Um, I, I could say maybe to once they get to a certain level of that, um, I would agree. Or if you're in a sense of you, the comas that you can't come back from. Um, if you're a veg if you're a vegetable, um, those things, that. no, like no quality whatsoever of life. Um, I understand. Mm -hmm. Um, but just having dementia in and of itself, I, I can't say I would be, um, in agreement of euthanizing. Um, it is, I, I've, so, um, I've seen, I've had a grandparent um, who had, it started off at dementia and it ended up going all the way to Alzheimer's and she lived the quality of life with that still up until what, like 93 and we found about it like mid to late 80s. Mm -hmm. um, did it require care from the family? Did it, did it require a lot of people taking out their own time to be there? Yeah. Was it a lot of I'm going to ask you the same questions over and over again? But was she able to walk, talk, feed herself, um, get up, maybe not drive and do certain things? Um, and it could be my own selfishness. I wouldn't want to 
take that away from a, a relative just because they have that in and of itself. Now, it did get to the point of where she had to go into a home. And even after she was in the home, she was able to move around, talk, communicate, uh -huh. ask about people who may have already been deceased for years. Um, but then she got to a point of where it became crippling and she didn't leave the bed. And once she got to that level, I don't think she would have wanted to live beyond that. And I understand. But while you can still have the person, although I think in the video, your video will add it, basically talks about like the body is there, but the mind is no longer there. It's not completely gone. Um, like with that, you have like some in and out moments. We used to call it sundown. Um, where like once the sun is set and like they're getting ready kind of like for that shutdown period. Sometimes they have some very clear moments where it's not foggy. Um, and for that, that one glimpse of what I had with my grandma, I would take everything we went through to have that moment again. Um, so maybe I, I will say like, it comes from a selfish stand, standpoint with me because maybe I'm not willing to get rid of the body. Mm -hmm. um, but I know it is, it takes its toll because I've seen people and we just, I just lost my grandfather earlier this year from Alzheimer's as well. Mm -hmm. And he did a more rapid decline than his mom. Um, and we had a good three years with him, but then it's last no, we had a good four years with him, but then this last year, like it really shot down, like within a matter of like two weeks, we're no longer walking, we're no longer feeding ourselves. We can't do anything. Like we need total around the clock, complete care. Um, so like once he got to that level, I understand he went through what's called, um, at home hospice. And it is, it's not totally euthanasia, but from the way it's been described to me, they start giving them a pill to go, to go slowly. And I just, I said, I, I, you have a point. I, I'm not necessarily like disagreeing and, and I understand your point. I think when I think of it, I think it from a personal standpoint of how I grew up. Um, there's no secret like on this podcast. I can't imagine going into a state where I'm now helpless to the point where I have lost my mind. Um, to me, it sounds worse than death to, for me. I wouldn't want to have dementia, honestly, at 75, 70, 80, and feel okay with kind of still being here. I understand that I could still probably have a life I can probably have it, and I know. Um, and I think in I think Norway or one of the um, somewhere in the Netherlands area, there there are um. What am I saying? Not old folks. I'm calling old folks home, but there are um, retirement homes where the community of people who are kind of have those things, and it, it makes it a little like bit. Like an assisted bad. living facility. Assistant living, but it's like a whole actual like community. Like mm -hmm. they get to like you know they they can walk outside, they can kind of like go to these places and kind of still have a very good quality of life. And I think if life was like that, but in reality, I might not get that. And I think of uh, one, I don't have any children. Um, I have to hope that based maybe a sibling, if I don't have children, take care of me, pay my possibly, you. you know, my, I know, but no, baby girl need growing up, but we just, just uh, love my love, I love my girl, but I'm saying, I just, growing up the way I did, to me, it would, for me, it would just seem like I'm reverting back to that era, and if I had a choice, I would rather go, quite honestly. I get you. But it's, that's I, a that's a sticky thing like um because i think my mom has told me too like if i get to the point of where like i can't do for myself like just let me go and i'm like uh-uh we, we, we finna work through it <laughs> imagine, but listen, just imagine like my thing is like i said 
if I have become a vegetable or coma, we got him a podcast now, so understand y'all, this is this is considered a living will. If I have become a vegetable, so go ahead and go ahead and do it. Like we just any if answer buts. I I have to actually update my living will so that because I'm not becoming no vegetable for nobody. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Vegetable Yeah, you're not gonna leave me on a machine or leave me just totally like just gone. Mm-hmm. Can't walk. Somebody got to spoon feed me. Can't talk. I don't know where I'm at. I have I have no recollection of even who I am. Like I, I just like you just waiting for it now. And I think it's I want to say, although I do believe you should do it, whatever in, in according to your case of how you feel. I think this is when I wish like if I had honestly restructured the educational system in in our um, country or just the world, I would want to have unbiased certain classes added to like just the normal what we usually talk about because i think to me how i look at school nowadays school is supposed to protect, prepare you for the world and i think some things in school can be omitted honestly and wait for college for you to learn i think if you learn the fundamentals of a lot of things and i do think uh, i'm not saying kids learn about death but i think learn about grief should be a, a big thing and grief could include like just the grief of i don't know small things about losing your pet or just kind of like losing things that a lot um you know my boyfriend left me or my wife left me about loss loss and i think that it's going to happen i think if people got a better grasp of it i think and like i said it'll be a better topic for people to be like you know if some people um what's that lady it was in florida right a girl lady who who's on um married to that man um, and married to this man, she got sick, and um, it was a big popular story, I want to say, in Florida, and she was a vegetable, and the husband was like, she, she would want to know to unplug her. The mom and dad was like, no, and they had like a fight for like years about it, until they, um, I think eventually they sided with the husband, because he's married mm-hmm. to him, married to her, and I want to say it's Maria something, Marie, I don't, I'm lying, I don't, I'm at the, I don't that, recall but. this story, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was on a fight for like years about like a thing, and I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't want like I'm a vegetable or like certain. I just like I said, I'm not trying to be eighty and have. If, if I'm like fifty, we can try it out, right? But I'm, I'm really not trying to be eighty years old with cancer. I'm not trying to be eighty or ninety with dementia. I think it. So with I, the cancer thing, I feel a little differently too. Like I don't want to be eighty with cancer, and I I can't say I want you to off me. But I would not put you through trying to go through treatment. Just let me dial. Yeah, like at that point, let me um, I don't know, shit. Let me go to um, put me in a home or something, and let me just go through when you come out. That just sounds horrible. I'd rather go hike in the forest. All if I, I wouldn't want to be a burden, but like if if it came down to it, and I just got to that level, put mm-hmm. me in a home and come see about me and make sure they're giving me the appropriate treatment so I pass peacefully, um, as peaceful as I can with with the disease. Um, but I still can't say unless I'm like in some pain or something, like just fully, fully just take me out. I say, let me bring me to a different country or let um, it would have, I, I need, I need a beautiful view outside my window. I need to be able to feel the actual natural air and honestly, I'll be okay. <laughs> That's all I ask for. If it's going to be a home, I guess, I guess it'll be a home, but let me be able to walk outside and like see trees, see mountains, see all that stuff and see hopefully a waterfall is next to it and we could i'm not saying i'm not trying to be 80 years old having certain problems i'm okay i i, I can agree with that 
That part I can't agree with. The euthanasia part is a little sticky. And it's sticky because I'm being selfish. If I was to if I was to tell you more so than anything, it's totally being selfish. And then the part that you mentioned about like having a conversation about grief and loss and what does that look like? And it's a lot of things I feel like I agree with you on the fact that the, the fact that the school should be preparing at grade school for certain things because you're gonna mm -hmm. go through it. Um, some people even go through it in grade school, but having a better way of letting people know that this will happen and these are the things that you may have to begin to process and deal with. You can pick by the ages of how deep you choose to go into that. But I can tell you for myself, I took a class called Death and Dying in college. And I think it was my senior year. Mm -hmm. No, it was my junior. It was my junior year, I think. My junior year, my senior year. And it was so um, impactful because I hadn't really dealt with loss. But at that very moment, I was dealing with loss. Like I, I found out the night before the final that um, they were going to pull the plug on my dad's mom, my grandma. Uh -huh. And that final sticks to me, sticks with me through today because it it helped for the things that I learned and I read about, but also it was a very hurting moment because I was actually going through what was going on. I, I aced that class on my final too. Cause baby, she got that, she got that paper with it was wet, it was wet with my tears. <laughs> Cause right uh -huh. after that class, I got my call that I knew was already coming. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was interesting. And it was to be 20, what, 20, 21, um, mm -hmm. really having to experience and learn what that looks like. Because, um, of course, I know people die, but I wasn't really paying attention. I ain't really I wasn't those people who lost like I can't say I lost a friend in school. I hadn't really lost no close family members. That was the first person I really lost. And it, it, it felt. And like I said, and that's understandable, like I said, I, I think. I don't know. Actually, I do think, especially like with death and youth and they say, so I was I actually got a book recently called Staring at the Sun, Overcoming the Terror of Death. I haven't had a chance to read it, but something tells me with Seattle, I'm be having a lot of time to read more, um, especially I ain't going to know nobody. But I do think it'd be interesting because we have to talk about it sometimes in class. And so I don't know. Like I said, I would say this is agree to disagree. I just I just think in certain cases mean that sometimes it may be a hard thing to do and if the person is able to make that decision go ahead and do it if that's what you want to do gotcha mm -hmm. well with we that, thank you for joining us yes and next time you we talk i'll be actually in seattle and it'll be our one year anniversary so we actually get the actual date of it but I'm gonna get after uh, we get off of this to figure out. I'm almost certain it's the next episode. I'm gonna make a specialty drink. I'm gonna find a recipe on Pinterest. <laughs> All righty. Well, I will be checking in on you. Yes, it will. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs>